Happy New Year, my friends. Uh, welcome back. First episode of Zoning with Zach for the year, and what a massive one we've got today. First ever guest as well, which is super exciting. Going to be joined by Ben Watson. Uh, Benny is an absolute legend, uh, very knowledgeable guy about nutrition um, and training as well. But today we'll dive a little bit into his Muay Thai story. Uh, Benny's a professional fighter, so we're going to talk about what it's like to prepare for a professional fight, um, what it's like to actually get into the ring and the training behind it, the nutrition and the preparation and just the mental side of fighting and what it's like to lose and get back up and keep going into what is now a winning record for Ben, which is super awesome for him. Uh, Benny's the highest ranked singlet at the World Fitness Cartel in Furniture Galley, um, first ever brown singlet for the club, which is an amazing effort. So super excited to get this one underway. Um, as I said, first ever guest, which will be good. So I hope you guys take a lot out of it. Uh, we're going to touch on so much stuff today and a lot of things to help you guys prepare mentally just for not just for fighting but for really anything in life so uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker so relax um it's going to be a fairly lengthy episode which is really good um we've had a few shorter ones so it'll be nice to get a bit of a longer one out for you guys but yeah super exciting time so um hope you guys enjoy the talk if you do remember share it to your story tag me tag ben um i'll have all these grabs in the show notes for you guys to find him because uh, he does put out a lot of great content. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Benny, welcome, mate. First ever guest on Zoning with Zach. I'm <laughs> excited to have you here, man. Nah, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Been a long time coming, man. We've spoken about it heaps. I know it took a while to get the audio tech, and both very busy men. So um, yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, like four months before the end of the year in COVID and all that. So. Yeah, we always <laughs> kept talking about it, always want to pump it out. But no, nah, it's... It's going to be good, man. Like, I always wanted to get you on. Like, I've never heard your story side of things with your training. So, it's going to be awesome. And obviously, you coach me. So, um, you know, I'm going to get heaps out of it. But I know everyone else with, man. And I remember, like, the first time also I ever met you, like, even starting Muay Thai. Like, for people who have done it and, like, our mates who listen to this, like, it's really nerve-wracking. Like, it's yeah, real absolutely. anxious kind of stuff. And, um yeah, I remember seeing you on the pads and I was like, wow, this guy is like a walking weapon. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> and it's funny when you see people train for Muay Thai because I always look so angry. Like they yeah. always look like the angriest people. But off the mats, man, like you're like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like That's just an right. <laughs> absolute genuine bloke, which is why I want to get you here, man. And yeah, I just want to know your story, mate. So we'll just get, we'll just dive into it, brother. Like, yeah. um, what, like where did you start with Muay Thai? And obviously you're a professional fighter now and... You've gone big with it, which is amazing. Highest ranked singlet at WFC, which is absolutely huge. Um, which we can touch on that grading a little bit later yeah, too, which will be massive. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, just have the floor. I just want to know where you started and, and why you started as well. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a story. Um, you know, only obviously closer people know. Um, there's a fair few members of WFCs you know now. Um, it's you know it becomes a bit diluted when there's hundreds and hundreds of members. You know, people don't ask so. Um, a lot of the guys a bit higher up, of course, that you've got closer friendships with. We've all told each other why we're doing it and what we do it for. But um, basically back in, or even pre, um, pre-high pre school days, I was always quite a thin kid. I was always the tall, thin build. Um, basically, 
Uh, I, I was probably sitting at about six foot tall, probably the same height roughly I am now, but 62 kilos when I was about 17 years old. Shit, you're definitely so, not 60 kilos now. You're yeah. looking <laughs> real nice. <laughs> so um, basically from that point on, probably 16 through to 17, I've had a weight difference of about 24 kilo in growth. Um, that all came from, you know, starting a bit of Muay Thai back when I was 16. So the reason why I did it, um, you know, it's all sort of led to this path. I've always looked at doing different jobs and, you know, um, psychology university. I've tried the family business in a trade and look, most nights when I was doing my uh, studies, I'd end up clocking off at about 11 and I'd whack the UFC tapes on, um, and I was watching UFC when I was about 15, 16 years old and all the old guys like Chuck Liddell and everything, they were my absolute idols, but no one knew of the UFC back then. So I felt like I was kind of one of the first people watching compared to everyone watches it these days. And of course, everyone knows a mainstream fighter, you know, they'll talk about Conor McGregor, you know, however great he was, but... He's literally like the only one I know. <laughs> yeah, yep. so 100%, man. Everyone go, oh, who's coming to the Sporting Globe on the weekend to watch the fights? They know about two people on the card. Back in the day, I think we knew everyone on the card. You know, it was a very rare thing. Um, but there was also something a lot of guys, particularly at the gym, don't know about. A lot will come due to the UFC, but um, there was a show called Evolution back in the day, and that was um, the best of international Muay Thai. And I was watching that from an even younger, 14. It was on Fox Sports. I remember my old man used to call me in the room and say, oh, this is, that's, that's Hammer. Um, he's a really good kickboxer. And, you know, I ended up training down at Hammers for a little bit as well. And my old man couldn't believe it when I said I was learning under him. And, you know, you, you pass through different places as the life goes. But um, I was watching one night and this is what sparked it. Um, there was a fight between, I think the names were Bruce McPhee and Eli Madigan, who are both uh, coaches these days. And they've got guys on Root shows and Rebellion shows as well. Um, and, of course, um, it was a cracker of a fight, but... Bruce McPhee was getting he was getting smashed pretty hard by this Eli Madigan. Um, he got dropped, I think it was once or twice. Then he came back and he started chopping the leg. <laughs> and uh, I think you know where this story's going, man. Uh, Bruce McPhee chopped the leg and ended up coming back and winning the fight after two hard knockdowns. And I just watched that and I was in awe and I thought, holy, can, can we swear on this? <laughs> yeah. <of course laughs> holy yeah. shit, i got to learn how to do that. Shit is and, like, I think... <laughs> For the clean podcast, you get three <laughs> F words and that's it. <laughs> so that was that was it. I saw that happen and I was just, oh man, we've got to do this. And um, then I was watching the UFC and they wouldn't kick. They, they'd box and wrestle um, back in those days especially. Um, and I thought, why aren't they kicking the leg? Chop the leg, man. That's going to win you a fight. They never did it. And of course, then it came along. You'd see Jose Aldo kicking legs and blasting them off. And then now it's changed. Lower calf kicks are happening all the time now. Um, and it's really deadly. But that, that's where the love started from. So I went up to my mum and said, Hey, mum, I want to want to do some want to do some Muay Thai. Hell I bet no. She, I bet you love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. She, um, she, it was a hard no for a while. And I kept persisting. And finally, she walked me down to the local gym just down the road where No Limits used to be on Lewis Road. Um, walked in there. And there were some big guys in there, and I was fair intimidated, but the nicest guys you'd ever meet. That's the thing about it. Like, people don't understand. Like, when you first work it, like, it's actually fucking scary. Like, yeah. it really is. But then the yeah. people, like, you talk to are just, like, super nice. Like, they're the nicest yeah. people as well. So, yeah, of course, man, I, I walked in and 
you know, the head coach uh, at the time was a scary guy and all the other guys that were smashing. As you said, you see them smashing the pads and you're thinking, damn, that's a long way off for me. Um, But all you got to do is walk in and say, say, hey, and, you know, have a hit with them. And before you know it, you're mates with them. And these guys, uh, I think the really big difference was, you know, they all held titles and... That was big for me in my, my upcoming. Um, I got a lot of good experience from really tough guys in my first couple of years, and I think that set the tone from then on. Um, but yeah, basically another little side note to that is you're skinny kid in high school, you get picked on a lot. I thought, I gotta know something, you gotta have some sort of yeah, X factor. Not that I'd ever think of using yeah, it at school, yeah. but um, it was just something that gave me a whole lot of confidence, and through that I joined a gym because I wanted to bulk up a little bit, um, you know, become a better fighter, put on a bit of size. And in the end, I was just immersed by my training. So I'd finish school, go home. Um, I'd hit the gym before I'd go to Thai at 16 years old. Um, and then I'd do a couple hours of homework in VCE and then put the UFC on. And I think that's why my ATAR was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so, nah, you don't need it anymore, yeah, man. Yeah. I absolutely jumped into the fitness lifestyle and thank Thank God it's paid off in some kind of way. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the backstory, man. That's huge, man. I love it. And yeah, as I said, like I, I haven't heard any of this from you before. So um, that's why it's awesome to get get away, man. And like, yeah, as I said, you fought professionally. So talk me through the process of that. Like, obviously we train and um, yeah, like you go through your grading and stuff like that. Like, when did you think about actually fighting on a professional level? And like, when it all kind of made sense to you to go down that path? Um, so... I, when I first jumped in early in year 10, or, you know, it was getting on year 11 at that point in time, I think every young Muay Thai student or, you know, inexperienced Muay Thai student has the thought and they're like, I'm going to be a fighter. And they think, you know, that's that's the direct path. When you jump into that sort of sport, I'm going to be the next bloody badass and I'm going <laughs> to kick someone's head off. Not the case. <laughs> you, no, you, you get into it and you realize how much consistency and just hard work is needed and it's day in and day out. Now, I'm a, I am believe I can be a little too humble sometimes because I think I've only scratched the surface. Absolutely. I've you can be way too humble. Yeah. Everyone probably listening to this, <laughs> our friends recording back, they will laugh at all this. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, I've had five pro fights and I think about, anywhere past the double digits of interclubs, amateurs, whatever. Yeah, huge. Um, so it's, you know, 15 in total. But um, at the at the beginning, I really wanted to, you know, make that my next step. I wanted to be, you know, in school and everyone's like, oh, Benny fights, you know. I, I, th- I thought that was cool at the that time. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think I got to about 21. So I've been training for about four to five years. And I asked my coach, hey, mate, can we, you know, set up a fight this year? He goes, yeah, I'll, I'll chuck you in and we'll do some interclub days and then we'll see where you're sitting and look to see if we go further. And I was like, yeah, awesome, sounds good. Started training and, um, you know, training systems differ, gyms differ all in their intensity of training. Um, and, of course, you know, the commitment and involvement from everyone at the times can be different. So all I knew then was I was training my hardest for the fight um, and I was the fittest I'd ever been and it's subjective to everyone. So... I got to the point where I got put on a Warriors way card for a kickboxing fight. Now, I was pumped up telling all my mates, oh, I'm getting in the ring, I'm turning pro, how good's this? And they're all up and about for it, getting excited. Um, and this is the part of the story I don't think many people know at all. I got my ass kicked. 
yeah. Actually, Holly dodged you in and told me to ask you about it. But yep. um, no, it's good that you're showing that, man. But yeah, go on. Go yeah, on. so I fought um, a guy who's still on, you know, the Pro-Am circuit as well um, called Jaden Wright. So don't know if you listen to this, man. But yeah, he's doing pretty good lately as well. He's jumped back in for pure boxing because I think his hips are shot. Yeah. But um, I uh, fought him and... You know, he'd had a bunch of uh, amateurs on top of me. He'd had, you know, proper full contact ammos. I'd had a bunch of interclubs and experience just showed and I was stopped in the second round by leg kicks. So this is the second time leg kicks have come back to bite me or I'd seen them and and they'd done a job. Um, And the the biggest part about that was I sat there and thought, is this for me? And everyone is gonna have that point in their life where they go, holy shit, I've had my bell rung, um, am I going to keep doing this? Now, I took a bit of a lengthy break, had to do a whole lot of thinking about it. I ended up hitting the gym a little more and putting a little bit more size on and thinking, I'm, I'm pretty happy here, you know? Like, I don't really feel like I need to go back. I've learned a lot. Um, and it just got to this point one day where, you know, I'd come back from a holiday and my old man said, hey, there's this gym down the road, man. I know you had a bit of a break, but gym called WFC I think a couple of your mates are already there you should go and have a look and I went oh yeah nah and I blew it off about three times Dwayne Dwayne kept you know commenting on my photos and <laughs> sending messages buttering you yeah. up like he does <laughs> keep keeping me in the loop um, and eventually they offered of course a free week training and I'm like hey, I'll go and have a look and I jumped in there and I was with Bryce Lee and a few guys that are you know still there at the time um, they didn't know who I was and we just started having a hit and from that point on um, Dwayne came up to me and he goes so you're signing up <laughs> and, I, and I said oh I've got to think about it and of course he pulled that what's to think about <laughs> and I signed signed on that day and um, that was about five to six years ago now so that's history from there um, and to jump back in was probably uh, the one of the hardest things I've ever done I because bet, it's like it's one of those things to like fail and then get back up and it's something that like you know I, I knew I don't know if you knew that I knew that you didn't win or like you got pretty badly beaten and that's one of the biggest things I wanted to tell you about man and I think a lot of people will benefit you know what it's like to get knocked down and get back up so dive a little bit more into the the what it was like to lose because yeah it, it is a big crowd man like obviously I, I've had the tiniest of takes but like in the moment, like it is like fucking scary. And like when you do get hit a few times, um, yeah, like it, you fucking know about it. So um, yeah, let me know what it's like to, to get, you know, knocked down, but have a break and then, yeah, just get back just from a, like a mental standpoint. Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest psychological point people don't understand is you are what you believe is your best before you jump in that ring. And if you get absolutely smoked, your best is very insignificant. Yeah. I love that saying, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's um, that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. They don't want to believe that all that hard work they put in, there's someone just ten times better still. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that that there is an ego breaker, and it's something that will keep someone from the game forever. Yeah. They don't want to face the reality that they're going to come back and have to face adversity again. Now, that's where Dwayne has a mindset of absolute steel. <laughs> yeah, he's a tough man. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's, done, he's done the rounds all over the world. And um, if it probably wasn't for his take on everything and giving me the nudge to keep going and, you know, he, he didn't, he knew what I needed. He didn't really want to give me the choice either, which yeah, is yeah. 
Sometimes that's a great thing because um, I actually got back from a cruise after I just started training again at WFC. Um, I'd done an interclub day before that at WFC, actually, so what you've just done, um, and did pretty well. You know, it's a guy I knew, but um, did well, and he pulled me out of the ring basically straight away after that, and he said, I'm matching you up on the next pro show, get ready after your holiday, and I I didn't believe him. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, man, and I, I walked out. I got back the day after the cruise. I was a bit chubby. I had the tan going, and he goes, you booked. I think it was the 27th of July. Let's go, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, are you serious, man? And he goes, yeah, I've already called the promoter. You're on. You got a match. And I was like, oh, cheers. <laughs> um, now, from that point, of course, um, a lot of people don't know my background is psychology. So um, I've got my little degree in psych um, and mindset and the way your mind works is a big thing. Now, you never really understand yourself you know, all your life, you learn as you go on and how you react, you look at your patterns and massive. I love that. I look back right now about how I reacted to those moments and I'm a big catastrophizer. (laughs) Now there's two types of people in the world. There's the fighter that'll go, hell yeah, I just want to get in there and bang some heads. They don't think about the consequences and a catastrophizer will think I'm going to get my ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, so I thought about the worst case scenarios for about six weeks leading up to that fight. Um, and just, you know, had the worst thoughts, you know, tried to back out in my head a hundred times and I'm glad I kept going and had that team behind me because, you know, it's very easy to bomb out on your own. Now, one of the bigger things is the training style, you know, Dwayne puts on everyone is massive. It's intense, it's long and you've got no choice but to rise to it or you're going to fail. And my first few weeks under him, I was like, what the hell is this all about? I was like, this is not what I've done before. This is hard. This I don't want to show up. I was getting anxiety thinking about going to training. I was like, holy shit, man. This is yeah. this is intense. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, I was, you know, close to throwing up in the ring a couple times, but as you go along, all you know is it's making you stronger. So every session you do and you tick off. It's just one more in the bank and that's payment towards the win. So if you're not putting money in the bank, you've got nothing to withdraw on that day. And that's always the way I've looked at it. So um, basically after that, we got to uh, the day, the big day came. And another little quote that my older brother gave to me, you know, he, he did a bit of MMA back in the day as well, but he hasn't done it for a long time. He came to me in the lounge room, and of course, Roots is a day show, so the fight started about 12, 1 o'clock. I woke up in the morning, you get up really early, of course, you refeed after the weigh-in. Um, and he came and met me in the lounge room, and he said, look, I don't know much about this fighting, <laughs> and all he's ever seen is me getting my ass handed to me. So he goes, look, man, I don't have much to offer other than this guy signed the waiver, you signed the waiver, I hope you're not thinking about pulling any punches against him because that's a mistake. And he goes, he knows exactly what he signed up for. And he goes, it's you or him and it's not going to be you. And that's the only mindset I've ever taken into a fight is yeah, if you remove, you remove the factor of they've got any chance, you're going to do what you can. Yeah. So that was it. He just goes, he signed the line. He's taken responsibility for putting his name on the paper and you go do what you got to do. So that's what happened. We went out there. I was nervous as hell. Um, you'll hear every, 
you'll hear every UFC fighter say, we get the jitters before the fight. You look for the exits and go, oh, maybe my guy didn't show up. And you, sometimes you really hope they didn't show. <laughs> you're looking around the room for them and you're hoping they didn't come and you know your mind's playing absolute tricks on you. Um, but you start getting rubbed down, you warm up, and all you know is that you've done everything you can. And I had to keep telling myself, I put in the work. If I didn't put in the work, that's on me. Um, I went out there and ended up winning by um, third round TKO stoppage with leg kicks. Yeah, <laughs> so, straight back onto the leg kicks. <laughs> so it's um it's a bit of history there. So it's it's always been a pattern for myself. So that that's the bounce back. But I can definitely say for anyone who's lost before or it's been a bad loss, it's a long way back. If it's you know if you have trouble with the mindset of things, but especially for yourself, I think that's why. Um, if I can refer to you a little bit here, your day you had a few months ago when you jumped in on that on that um, interclub day, when I found out who you were fighting, so we had a we had a different matchup beforehand. Yeah, we were confident, and yeah. then we were very not confident. <laughs> <laughs> we were confident for the first one, but the second one I saw it. All I thought about was my past experience, and I said the only thing that's going to come out of this is a better you. Yeah, yeah. I remember you laying that down, yeah. which was which was good for me, man, which is like, yeah, which is, it was still super fun, which I like. Yeah. So, and you, man, you went in there, you, you gave it your best and I wasn't worried about you getting seriously hurt because I knew, I knew you couldn't defend yourself. I knew you were tough, but I was just thinking the only thing I didn't want was you to come out disheartened. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and that was a big thing for me because I knew that if you got past that barrier, the only way is up for you. And so that's what I look forward to. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Like the mindset thing is massive. And um, yeah, as you said, like it, it really comes down to what you're telling yourself. And yeah, we're always super positive people, which is which is super good, man. But oh man, what a story. Like it's awesome. I mean, yeah, for people who are listening and, and have gotten in the ring and lost and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it can be hard to bounce back. But on like a pro level, man, fuck, that would have been insane. Like it would have been really, really big to, to come back from. And um yeah just to backtrack a little bit man like i would love to know the preparation that goes into the pro stuff like obviously um like the interclub stuff you know you gave us a good guidelines but um yeah like the pro stuff looks really big big kind of energy things and i've seen like the fight camps and they look like an intense as so yeah man talk us through a bit of the training and preparation um like even with like your nutrition and what you got to do to cut down and and sacrifice yeah it's a it's a big one. Um, there's every, every every coach has their own method. Um, every gym will have their own method. Um, and if I can put it in a couple of lights from my knowledge, from what I've seen over the years, some gyms will go with the get the person to close to their natural weight and fight them at that weight. Um, and that way they're fighting at a much more comfortable, um, much more comfortable position. They've got a lot of energy. They wouldn't be stressed because they're not low on body fat and potentially they've got a little bit more. So it's a bit more of a cruisy way to do it. And that's what a lot of amateurs and interclubs do. They're not worried about cutting weight and that's the way it should be for the time being. Yeah. But, um, as you go to pro, of course, um, it's the age old, the age old rule of, you know, cut the weight, <laughs> yeah, yeah. cut the weight. And um, most clubs or, you know, camps will do it very differently. There'll be some that know how to dehydrate water. There'll be some that, you know, dehydrate your gut content or just starve you for a few days. And the thing is, none of it's good for you. <laughs> Mate, if I don't have my water bottle right next to me, like I get that anxious about it. Like yeah. it's crazy as. Coming from a, 
coming from a you know a background where I didn't I, I cut myself for the first fight I actually didn't have a lot of guidance in terms of the nutrition I purely lost the weight yeah. and the guy I fought actually <laughs> did the water did cut the water, so yeah. he was easily seven kilos heavier than me the next day and yeah. kind of showed when he you know hit my head and it rung around like a bell <laughs> it, it was it, the size difference was huge but yeah yeah uh, <laughs> that's the worst feeling when you get like that <laughs> in front of a thousand people when your head snaps back and you go shit everyone saw that <laughs> it's a it's a tough one yeah. but um so the way we went about it at WFC, you know, it was a very, um, very intense camp. So we normally pick six to seven weeks. Um, we, you know, every day of the week plus a Saturday morning. So for my first camp, it was uh, one afternoon a day um, and then, you know, the Saturday morning conditioning. Then, of course, it's almost like progressive overload with the gym. Um, you'll start your rounds lower and the time around will increase depending on the fitness. Yeah. Now, as you start building up the stamina, you start building up your skill level, everything comes off that little bit cleaner, it's time to start looking at the weight. You wanna be comfortable while you're building the skill, but once you start coming across the weight factor, people can start to worry a bit more about the weight than the actual fight. So, of course, we were on, um, of course, you're on a quite calorie restrictive diet, Um, you know, depending on what calculations your gym's gonna use, but most will go with the high fat, high protein, low carb, which your body's nearly got no choice but to start shredding the weight. Yeah. Um, I'll talk a bit about it later with the nutrition side of things, but science has come a long way in terms of the proper nutrition for fighters. But I'd never been so lean, and I was in the best physique of my life. Um, it was it was incredible to look at and how quickly it can happen. But now I just know that's a harsh calorie deficit. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some photos now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's scary how it can happen, but um, physique doesn't always replicate performance. So what people people see the hard work, but they don't see you going home and aching and rolling around in bed at night. You know, you got DOMS for days because the calorie not getting that recovery. Yeah, yeah, there's none, and you're back at it every single day. You got to wake up every morning and just say, "This is what I'm doing. (laughs) This is what I've signed up for." Um, now we, we punch it out. There was a fair few of us fighting at that time. Um, we all got our weights down quite nicely. We'd never, we'd never miss weight. Um, but the main thing was the mental side, which I really found, um, once I started studying the nutrition, they went hand in hand. Yeah. So, um, as your body fat decreases, um, the carbs deplete, your body's going through withdrawals first, but the main thing is hormones come from body fat. And that's a lot of the things, you know, head trainers right now aren't aware of is that the body fat you have is producing serotonin, your happy hormones, um, your dopamine and everything like that. And that keeps us good. That keeps us in a good headspace. And once all that starts going and the low body fat takes effect, your mindset can actually really fall off track and you can lose your way sometimes. And that is why guys will psych themselves out of fights and bomb out. And I'm an honest person and can say that it's, um, it's happened close to, you know, a number of times. Um, you know, there's some fights where I, I definitely could have gone. No, my health and safety was what I always looked at. But there's also times where it does get the better of you and you think you're not cut out for it. And you, you've actually got to look back and even note these times and push forward. Um, and look at those times even in a journal and say, this has happened before. I know I need to get past this moment now. So... Um, I've never actually had to bomb out due to it. 
Um, I've had injuries um, and of course a bit of you know concussion problems where that's made me force out. But in those times, you will catastrophize everything. Hungry, sleep deprived, sore, and it takes a bit of a strong will to get through it some days. Yeah, 100%, man. Like, even when, like, you're outside of, you know, Muay Thai fighting and, like, you're cutting down, like, when you get to that, everyone knows, like, that first initial fat loss phase is, like, easy. But when you get super lean, uh, that's when shit gets crazy. Like, you sleep shit your recovery is crap, your training, the intensity really falls off. And like, yeah, yeah, even when it goes back to um, just like health and fitness when people cut down, like the mental side of it is like a lot tougher than what people think. And not to even just throw in fighting, like on top of that would be like, would be super hard, but. That's, it's a little battle. I've had some days where we talk about the weights and, you know, I'll turn around and say, oh man, maybe a bodybuilding comp will be fun one day because at least <laughs> I can be hangry but not have to worry about getting punched in the head. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things people don't realize. You play the mental game for six to eight weeks and that's fatiguing in itself. Um, and then you get to the day, then you got to worry about the actual bloke in front of you. So yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. a, it's half the battle there. But uh, a little story that can put it into lighter people and how it can actually break you down. Um, you can't really be going out for takeaway much. Um, if you do, it's got to be, you know, something quite, quite easy on your diet. Uh, went out for family dinner one night and my brothers all wanted Thai food and I couldn't eat it. You know, we were cutting the carbs out and, um, mum takes me into a chicken shop and goes, Oh, I'll get your chicken and avo salad. That'll, that'll do. And I was like, yeah, sick. So we went and ordered the Thai food first. <laughs> um, and then we come back. And someone bought all the chicken and avo salad and I cried in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so I good. stood there and I saw it was all gone and I just, I lost it, man. I think it was about two weeks out and I, and I went, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I started tearing up and I walked out. Um, so that's the level it can get you to. You have a sook over a salad every now and then. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, it, it, it gets tough. Like, yeah. It's weird. You do get emotional when you're on very low food, for sure. Um, but fuck, man, great stories. Like, I absolutely love that, mate. And yeah, as I said at the start, like, I haven't heard this stuff from you yet. So um, yeah, I'm getting heaps of out, out of it just listening to you, which is which is really huge because uh, it's very rare for us to sit down and talk like this. Normally, when we're in a room together, we're either swinging at each other or <laughs> we're just yeah. uh, doing stupid shit with our, with our pads on. So um, no, it's awesome, man. And as you said before, obviously I've done a little bit of the intra-club stuff, but um, I just want to dive into like the feeling you get from like a pro fighter and really what that's like because um, for people who don't know, you can actually see Benny's fights on YouTube. Um, it's a big setting. It's very dark, but the ring is obviously <laughs> lit up. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of crowd. There's not much pads on. Uh, you know, when we do the intra-club stuff, obviously we've got our headgear on and our pads and stuff, but man, you literally just got your, your gloves and it's just you mate and um yeah i, I want to touch in the feeling you get when that when that bell rings or even when you walk into the ring and there's you know like a thousand people there and all your mates are there your family's there and people are cheering you on and obviously you don't want to let them down but um obviously when it goes it's just you and yeah. all you can focus on is that that bloke in front of you so yeah let's dive a little bit into that my friend yeah absolutely um it's a uh... It's it's funny because there's so many people around, but it's also a lonely feeling. Yeah, um, that's what I mean by like obviously it's just the guy in front of you when the yeah. bell rings. But um, yeah, once it goes, that's really all you can focus on is is that yeah. one person in front of you. Yeah, if I can put it into perspective for a lot of guys starting out, or you know, um, especially when they're just having a bit of a spa right now, 
you know, you take a cheeky look in the mirror when you're sparring someone, you know, you look across some, some lose concentration and Absolutely. <laughs> they peek out the side of their eye and they check out what their mate's doing or, you know, it'll, it'll, um, you know, something will catch their interest. But, um, when you're sealing the ring, which is the little, um, tradition, the traditional Thai, um, culture, um, you walk around, you, you're sealing out bad spirits from the ring. That's the backstory behind it. It's a bit of a reflective moment where you're thinking over the last eight weeks, this is it. Like this is the time, this is everything I've worked for. And I go through affirmations. So I have to keep telling myself exactly what I told you before. It's me or him and it's not going to be me. Yeah. Um, he signed up for this. I'm about to, you know, put the beat down on as best as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you have to, otherwise your mind wanders. Yeah, I don't know what you're thinking at that point. If you're not switched on, fight's over. Yeah. So you're sealing it up, you're walking around, you get back to your head coach, you do a little, you know, little prayer for well-being. Um, then you turn around, they take your shirt off and that's it. You're staring the bloke down. He's looking at you and that's it. Yeah, huge. I love this one. What, <laughs> what people don't understand, particularly for guys who, um, you know, want to go to that extra step, some will find this completely enjoyable. It depends what type of person you are. Some will look and go, I love this moment. You know, this is what I'm born to do. Some get there almost not by choice. They practice for so long and it's the only logical next step for them to do. And they'll look at it and go, what the fuck am I doing here? And <laughs> they literally, they literally have a good... Like you either do love it or you hate it. Like, yeah. yeah. Some will not think twice. So people will listen to this and think, especially from the gym, that I've got it switched on. Mate, I am frigging terrified. And that's a, that's the honest truth. I don't care what people think when I say that because it is what it is. Yeah. If you break down fighting in a nutshell, you have been put in a ring with another man and the only thing that is going to stop you from coming to the point where they will finish you is a referee. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. You are not in there to have fun per se. Um, they're not in there to have fun. Half of them want to rip your head off. Yeah. But the only thing between you getting knocked out or going home in an ambulance is a ref and a good ref at that. Yeah. So when guys really aren't weighing up the perspective, someone cuts you with an elbow, someone knees you in the ribs, someone knees you in the face. Cool. If you stay standing, they've got they are legally allowed to beat the hell out of you after that and do it until you're on the floor. If you aren't prepared for that, you have no business and you should really consider what you're doing. Because that's a reality of it. There's and this is what I still find crazy. Guys at their extreme comfort level who will, you know, uh, UFC fighters, come to my after party after the fight. <laughs> the fact they planned that ahead to me is bizarre. <laughs> Because yeah, you were saying to me, like, because I had a Christmas party on and you said to me, uh, like, don't think ahead, just worry about what's ahead of you right now. Yep. Yep. Um, because and another honest truth, before my Warriors Way fight, I had my mate's 18th. Oh, no, sorry, no, 21st. I was thinking about that that day. I was like, oh, after the fight, I got to nick off to a party. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally sitting there thinking about a party when... I didn't so realize what could... I'd smash you in a second. Yep. Yeah. And it did happen. It happened. Um, the worst outcome came true. And guys who sit there and go, I'm going out with my mates after the fight this Saturday. I just look at them and I go, you better scrap the plan because one wrong move and you're potentially in hospital. Yeah, yeah you're potentially in hospital. 
guys, and as said, guys may look at me and say I'm a catastrophizer. I'm, you know, putting the worst spin on fighting. That's fighting, man. If you're in the street, there's no ref. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be honest, so, 100%. you know, it takes a long time to then take that adrenaline, ground yourself when the bell rings, step forward, and then execute perfectly. It takes a long, long time. Your first few fights will be a mess. Um, and that's the one thing I can't stress to everyone. If you do, and this is a Nathan Carnage Corbett thing, everyone knows knows that man. He says if you perform 50% of what you can do in training in the ring, that's a good start. Yeah. So you're not looking to throw your spinning wheel kick as the bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's a long way off. If you can jab cross leg kick, that's a good start. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, I, I'm absolutely loving this, brother. Like, I'm having a great time. You've probably seen me over here with a weird smile on my face. <laughs> I'm fully distracting you, but that's huge, man. And um, oh, this is such good stuff. I can't wait to to listen back to it as well. This is, this is really awesome. And obviously, your first fight, you said you lost, mate. So let's track forward. Uh, yeah. You got back into the ring. Um, you prepared as well as you could, as you said before. Uh, talk us through the winning moment and. and don't cheat and just say you were relieved. Like, actually, be honest. I don't want you to just sit there and be like, oh, it's just relief. This is one of the times I don't want humble Benny. I want you to, to, to just be as raw as possible, man, and tell me what that winning feeling is like after getting back into the ring when you lost. Um, so the last thing I expected was to finish anyone. Um, I was just going to be happy to get through the fight. Now, when, you know, we, we were chopping away at each other, um, I was landing some really flush leg kicks and I knew it was hurting him. I could see it in his face. He was wincing every time I'd, I'd I've hit been him. on the end of few of your leg <laughs> kicks and they do hurt a lot. <laughs> so, as said, remove the shin pad and put 100% power into it. Um, and, you know, you can genuinely feel the femur if you get the kick on point. Yeah. You can feel the bone on the other end. So yeah. um, I was chopping away. I could feel it. Um, it was opening up and he went for a Hail Mary in the last round. So if anyone wants to see it, it is on YouTube. We can drop a link below or something, but yeah, I'll chuck it in the notes, yeah. um, basically I went forward. Um, well, he unloaded on me. Um, he threw about 10 shots, big bombs, overhands, and one caught me. But as I teach you, cut and move. So I cut out a little corner he left, went straight back to the leg, um, pushed him forward. He backed up a little, um, made him bounce off the ropes a little. He walks forward, and I chopped it once more, and it was a second knockdown. Um, and he went down and in the moment, of course, um, I said, I'm not going to hold it back. I was like, fucking get down there. Like, that's, <laughs> yes. that's, oh, I was angry. Massive, that. man. I love it. Well, once they unload, you know, that's when the anger comes out. Yeah. Um, and I chopped hard and he went down and I was like, yep, let's go. And then the ref started waving his hands and it took me a little moment to realize what was actually happening. And when that happened, um, it was so involuntary. My arms just flung up in the air and I started walking and marching around the ring and I, I didn't even know how to feel it. Like, yeah, and then I looked at the corner and I sprinted to the corner and I jumped on him and I'm hugging him. And I think that I can reflect and I've told a lot of my mates that this was the best moment ever was looking into the crowd and seeing them all there. They got to witness it. Um, and I looked down, I saw long-term friends who knew me from when I'd first started the sport, you know, seven, eight years ago and... You know, a lot of comebacks and they were just like in shock that something, this had actually happened. You know, your old man's crying and because <laughs> yeah. they're like, fuck, they, all they've ever seen do is get beat up. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was probably like one of the, it's the best feeling you can have at that time. Yeah. Um, nothing else to it. <laughs> yeah. Huge, man. I, I love that. That's so good. And 
yeah, obviously I've only met you in the last year or so. So um, I've gone back and watched those videos, which is which is really good. And um, yeah, pretty much the last thing I got for you on the Muay Thai stuff before you get into it is just your your best achievement. But yeah. um, I know people were going to listen to this, but I don't think some of it does justice, man. Like I think they need to go back and, and watch the videos. Obviously, I'll put it in the show notes, um, your fights there. But I just remember your your senior grading. Obviously, you're the you're the highest ranked singlet now. Um, and I remember watching that senior grading, man. And, and like the four hours, I think it might even been five. I think it was five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> five hours. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just so good to watch, mate. And like, obviously, I couldn't be there for the fights because I obviously didn't know you. But um, even just watching that man was just like it was amazing. And the sparring at the end, and yeah, even you just done five hours of training, but you were kind of like taunting the people you were sparring. You were like <laughs> telling them like you wanted more, um, which is, which is awesome, mate. So yeah, I'll leave it for the last thing for the Muay Thai stuff, man. Yeah. I just want to know yeah, your greatest achievement in the sport. Losing. Yeah. Nice. Good. I love it. Yeah. That's where you get your biggest lessons. Yeah. So not so much the loss in general, but the, um, the experience of actually being able to get in the ring. So, on that night, there may be 14 fights, not even that, there might be seven or eight fights. You're one of 16 people that's been chosen to fight on that night. And there's a thousand people there watching you. So getting in for the first fight, regardless of the result, um, that was probably the biggest achievement because it's something I said I was always gonna do. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna get in that ring one day, you watch and of course everyone turns around and goes, oh, whatever, man, you know, you're yeah. not that type of person and I yeah. love hearing that, yeah. but you're not that type of guy. Um, and I got in there and I had a crack and you know, I got done, but the loss was also part of it, but that's why I'm here now. And that's a really big part of it. You can't discredit the worst part. Um, and that loss has gone on to, you know, a four pro win streak and, um, you know, getting back into into clubs and not losing one of those either so i believe um it's the hardest thing you know you gotta you gotta get knocked down and keep going forward because if i didn't man i wouldn't be here <laughs> yeah, 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 plain absolutely. and simple it's just a start for that point so yeah. yeah i'd say that's the biggest man huge man i absolutely love that that's that's so good um and obviously we touched on you know your, your influence stuff at why you got into it and all that um which i love man like the the stories are amazing and i know a lot of our um, a lot of our mates will absolutely love it and stuff like that, which is super good, mate. We touched on heaps there. Just before we move on to some of the nutrition talk and what you're doing now with your business, um, is there anything you want to say in, in terms of WFC or um, maybe a message to people who might be thinking about getting into Muay Thai or boxing? Um, yeah, particularly you know for the guys that might have a listen down at the gym, um, I think you're all pretty aware that I'm big on getting your basics right before you move ahead. Um, and particularly look at grading or look at fighting, definitely get the, get the foundations in check before you move forward. Um, but the main one is don't be too proud to ask someone ahead of you for the help because you save a lot of time in your career by talking to someone who's done it. Um, and probably one of my biggest pitfalls ever in gym, Muay Thai and anything in terms of development was I think I've had one PT in my whole life in Muay Thai and I've had probably three to four gym PTs in my 10 to 12 years of fitness. Um, I get guys like you coming in every week, <laughs> putting that investment in, jumping ahead years because you can tap into the experience of someone else. 
don't be too proud to think you know because someone's going to teach you something. Um, and that's probably one of my biggest regrets. I never, like, I missed opportunities like, um, I'm not sure if, you know, you're aware of Sanchai, but a lot of the Muay Thai guys are. Um, three to 400 fights, best in the world at his weight class and probably considered the goat of Muay Thai. Um, they had a seminar with him down there one day at my old gym and I missed it. And I'd kill to be able to go back to that time and do it again because that would have been incredible. Um, Carnage, you know, he was doing PTs up at the Gold Coast when I was there one time. I didn't go because I went and got on the piss. Yeah. I should have gone. And there's a lot of moments like that I look back on and realize, you know, that's a wealth of experience I've now missed. Um, so invest in health opportunities. Don't, you know, don't discredit things because they're not going to be around forever. So that's a big point there. Massive, man. That's good. Such a great note to end on as well for the, on the Muay Thai stuff, man. But, oh, wow, that was awesome. Sweet, <laughs> mate. We touched on some awesome stuff here. Um, but, yeah, just to wrap up, mate, let the people know what you're doing now. Um, obviously, you transition into your own um, nutrition business, which is awesome. Um, you've worked with a lot of high-end people like VFL players um, and stuff like that. I've seen a few people at the gym that are looking amazing, mate. Um, you do some awesome work. So, let the listeners know uh, where they can find you and kind of what your uh, nutrition business touches on as well yeah. and kind of what you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, myself and uh, Dwayne, so um, head coach at WFC, we started out the Elite Sports Nutrition Venture um, basically for a little stone for our guys to perform better. Simply for that, we wanted to start getting our weight cuts a little more manageable and um, looked at, you know, just things to make fighter safety a little more of a priority and build our guys up nicely and a little more comfortably because, um, you know, when old methods, you know, they become outdated. So nutrition was always really big to myself because I started realizing the benefits across, as I said, my grading's five hours. You can't do that off a banana and a Gatorade. <laughs> you got... <laughs> You've, you've got to. Okay, sorry, I just I turned my mic down because I was that was funny. I was pissed myself. You've got you've got to have some systems. You've got to know how the body works a little, and to get through five hours, you've got to have a plan. Um, so of course, I started my gradings with a little like I started building up. You know, bringing some lollies or bringing something to just fuel up on. After uh, yellow, green, brown, I'd bring an esky with five bottles of different mixes and different solutions of hydrolyte, and I'd bring weighed bags of lollies for per hour of grams of carbs. And man, that's I think why what you saw, what that's why you saw what you saw because I finally found my methods to be working, and they got me through five hours strong. Um, yeah. And that's where I was like, we've got something here. Um, I think it's time to maybe start putting this into practice. So, of course, Dwayne pulled the trigger. We got it going. We started ESN. Um, and my, probably my biggest my biggest influence for that was, um, you know, shameless shameless plug and don't know if it's really um, condoned, but Fight Dietitian, I loved how he was working with UFC fighters and showing they could eat a normal diet and still fight and be lean and ripped and carbs weren't bad, fats weren't bad. You needed to know your macro sets. You needed to know the calorie range and be able to progress someone, not just cut them up, cut them in half. Um, and that really inspired me. I wanted our guys to experience that. So I started researching, got into our course, and we jumped in. So then I started building our systems around, you know, just as you know, the proper protein, the proper fats for hormones, and then balance the carbs out, man. And 
I looked at a bunch of sports because I played footy. I played basketball in my past 10, 11 years each. Um, I've played a bunch of other, you know, different sports where, you know, kickboxing, they've all got a different make and a different diet you need to go by. I just used my knowledge and we packed it together. Um, and so we've started building. And the thing I'm trying to promote most with everyone in the community, not just elite athletes, is you don't have to be on this strict diet to be feeling good and looking good. Um, flexi diets are a thing of now. Um, you can still eat well, you can go out with your family, you can have good dinners, you can still go out with your mates for a couple of beers, but all you need to know is the skill set to make it manageable and balance it out and be happy with it. Um, you don't have to cut all these things out because that's how things don't last. So we've really gone in the direction of keeping people fed, happy, healthy, and I think the biggest complaint is sometimes there's too much food in the diet. <laughs> so um, it's a very different spin on nutrition. Um, the only thing I will say about these new methods is they need patience. Um, the quick fixes like chicken, spinach, bit of balsamic That's vinegar. The one, man. Like even yeah. with my own clients, like it's all about patience and. Yep. You know, as you said, like sometimes the biggest complaints is too much food. Um, yep. But yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. Yeah, they've um, they're not really aware that you know the chicken broccoli is a quick fix, um, and it will bounce back quick. But if you get the life skills down and actual nutrition coaching, not just a you know a one-off meal plan, it could be forever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. So that's what we're promoting right now, and we're pretty stocked. Um, a lot of pre-season boys coming through VFL ranges, and it's good to see they're smashing it. So yeah, massive yeah. man, amazing. I love it, and doing all this through a pandemic as well, which was which is super good. So um, that's good, man. And yeah, as I said, I'll chuck it in the show notes if you guys want to um, go find Benny. He, he can offer a lot for you guys um, in terms of nutrition and even coaching and stuff like that. So definitely chuck uh, check it out when I put it in the show notes. But other than that, Benny, uh, I think we might wrap it up there, man. I oh, mean, I've right. kept you for about an hour. It's really hot in this room. Yeah, it's uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, as I said, first guest, man. So I, I haven't had time to deck it out and put some nice signs up. But, mate, um, absolutely amazing talk. I got so much out of that. And I think everyone else will as well. Just not people at the gym, but um, just the general listeners. So I, I doubt this will be our one and only chat, mate. We'll probably nah, dive... When we start hitting some new goals, I think it'll be a repeat, man. That'd That's be great. It. I think we'll get more into the nutrition as we go on. But yeah, as I said, uh, you guys know where to find Benny. I'll chuck him in the show notes. And um, mate, thanks for jumping on. Nah, I appreciate you having me, man. It's been awesome. Thanks, brother. <laughs>